You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassman Securities in Johannesburg. You know what worries me, David, before we get on to specifics, uh-huh. is that the way the market goes down as it has today mm. without any real news. I mean, we, the news in South Africa is ongoing all the time. We've had these appalling mass shootings. And I don't know, some people might look at that because it was the the top story on the BBC yesterday, over the weekend at lunchtime, you know, and quite a well-watched BBC World News programme. And you just look at that and you think, what is going on? Is there some kind of destabilising influence? Is there another potential insurrection like we had that started in KwaZulu-Natal? It probably was nearly a year ago now, um, maybe longer. But anyway, I just think the market's going down without any discernible reason to go down. It's just a yeah. grind lower and it's a bear market. I'm sorry, it's a bear market. I, the news is bearish. You know, there's there's nothing that's come out to swing it around. The the pace of the bearishness, if that's it, or the propensity, or, or you know, might be slowing, mm. but it's still dominant, and there's still a lot of concerns out there that uh, that whatever good news we get is not uh, the good news is not strong enough to offset that at all. So you've still got people very, very worried, very wary, and I think a lot is also uh, the politics hasn't helped at all. Um, you've got no strong leaders in, in most of the, you know, the, the major countries to turn things around or to give you confidence that whatever it is bothering us is going to be overcome. And, you know, London is, uh, I mean, the UK is a, a complete mess. Yeah. Europe is just holding on. You know, Macron's uh, position has also been compromised. Um, I don't know most of the other nations. It's it's holiday time. America, I don't know where we are. Um, you know, I don't know what's coming out there. It is holiday season. So, so, so Lindsay, how do you, you know, how can we build confidence to bring people in and say, okay, this is not too bad. We're going to reach a bottom. Blah blah. You can't do it. And I think what's today, I see, you know, we've seen a big fall in the market. And I say, hold on a sec. I've been watching it's now as we record this it's four o'clock our time. Yes. You know, I've been watching the market since early morning, yes. which I do, and there's been no news there no. that's 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 really desperate. Uh, things have been okay. Yes, Twitter is a story, you know, you know, I must have now trying to get out of this. But that's a that that's a sideshow. You know, that's the clown show. That's the, the jugglers come on or the clowns come on to distract you as they change the set. So I don't think there's Anything and yet, all of a sudden, the market's fallen in a heap. You know, by heap, I'm saying Nasdaq down over two percent, S and P down one and a half. You say, okay, I didn't see that coming. You know, I didn't see. I I I don't know what the headlines are. I don't know what got people all of a sudden to mark down the market that uh, dramatically. The the one story, but it's been available the whole day, has been. You know, further fines for Chinese tech companies, which has knocked the Chinese market and that. But but that was already in the market when we woke up. So, so, so you know, you you get an uncomfortable feeling. You say, oh my God, you know, this is uh, this is two steps forward, three back kind of thing. It's uh, yeah, well, this what prompted it's a my strange waltz. Yeah, this mm. is what prompted my introduction. Um, I didn't follow the mm. China story. I'm just looking at it mm. and thinking. There's a bad mood. There's a bad smell about the market yeah. at, at the moment because, 
I mean, in a bull market, the Chinese news would have got some day traders in there selling, and then the real traders, or rather investors, would have come in and bought up all the stuff that they were selling, and the market would have not brushed it aside, but certainly not assigned so much importance to it. But now, it's just, as I said, it's just a relentless down movement. I mean, last week there were two bad down days, but the rest was up. So last week was a bit of an exception, the the short week, because of the July 4th Independence Day Mm. holiday in the Mm. States. Uh, but this week, business as usual. In other words, down we go. And I, I don't know. It must be quite depressing yeah. for you. It, well, it's, it's, you don't know what to do. You know, we've got money. We handle clients' money. And uh, uh, they feel insecure where there is no certainty or they, they can't see any clearness. How, you know, you can't see anything ahead because it's just very murky. Now the debate uh, on, you know, if we look, go back on Friday, yeah. Um, when the news came out of the U.S. numbers, um, the jobs and numbers, analyzed the U.S. the jobs numbers. Yeah. In fact, it was quite positive. You know, the big headline was, you know, recession. What recession? In other words, there's no there's no element or evidence of a recession. People were spending, jobs were being created. So there was a fairly positive view. Okay, we're going to get out of this. The U.S. economy is strong enough to withstand any kind of interest rate hikes, even if there would be interest rate hikes because of the number of jobs that were created. When you wake up on Monday morning, there's a complete different picture. It's changed. And now the big argument is, okay, we've got the earnings season starting. You know, We've got all the banks coming out this week, mm. and now the debate starts. Do you think that might be the catalyst? Do you think? Sorry to interrupt you, David. Yes. Uh, Do you think that might be the catalyst to either reinforce the downtrend or to halt it? And if so, which one do you think it might be? I think there is a concern about. um, There's certainly a concern about earnings, and there's a big debate. Mm. So you've got a lot of different voices. Uh, Citibank would say, uh, Citibank says, "No, we'll withstand this. They're strong enough. They're good." Morgan Stanley comes out and says the complete opposite, you know, totally opposite, that uh, margins are going to come under pressure and eventually uh, earnings are going to feel the pressure. So you've got two sides. Now, they're both big, they're both big players in the market and we're in the middle. Um, the worry, China is a slight worry because, um, you know, I don't know where the metal prices are going to come under because now the view is, okay, they're going to stimulate the economy, but it's going to be more the digital economy rather than the uh, real economy, or what would you call it, the infrastructure economy. So you're getting so many conflicting headlines that are coming through that are creating disarray and confusion. And I think that's why the market, if it's going to choose a course, is going to choose the negative course. You know, it's not going to say, oh, this is great. You know, simply because of what you said, the bearish atmosphere in which we're surviving now. So here we go again, you know, here we go. And uh, you just have to suck it up and hope that somewhere down the line, you know, inf- oh, oh, the other one, sorry, is the inflation number. How could I forget that? You know, that's coming out now. Now there's worries about, oh, inflation's going to be at 8.8. We're far from peak and, you know, so it goes. So I think I think we just go through these uh, these waves uh, without really getting out of it. You know, it's just it's very difficult to trade or to position yourself in this market. You know? So we wait. You yes. know, you, you literally have to wait. It it's like any disease or any cold or anything. You just wait while you convalesce. We're almost like convalescing through this very difficult period. 
Yeah, the whole sell in May go and go away thing has, has worked quite well this year. I mean, not particularly the month of May, but June wasn't great and July is, is turning out to be at best choppy, at worst quite sinister. Uh, but yeah, it's it's the Northern Hemisphere summer. The volumes are thin, mm. people are uh, fed up and... Um, yeah, I, 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 I think I'm people are enjoying their holidays. <laughs> the people are enjoying their holidays. The first so. time they've been able to fly. Didn't, yeah, we, yeah. didn't we speak about this last week? Didn't I tell you that where I live, it's normally full of Belgians and Germans who come yes, across the yes. border? Yeah, and, and there's no one here now because they're all fl- flown off to Marbella and yeah. um, Ibiza yeah, and places yeah. like that. And I, I think if, I, that's why the airports mm, are so clogged. Mm, mm. No, I, I think you're right. I think people are enjoying themselves. They're having a lot of fun. Um, you know what I mean? And I saw it yesterday. I ran a race here at the Wondrous. Oh, and yeah. I don't know. There were like 4,500 people that came out. They just wanted to have fun. And you could sense it. There was no sense of, uh, you know, e- even the issues around about uh, potholes in the road. And believe me, we ran through some really dodgy roads here, you know, where the surface has been washed away. Mm. Uh, and this is in the very wealthy suburbs of Johannesburg. Uh, no one cared whether there was load shedding. It was a really lovely winter's morning and a very, very warm. And I think people are feeling that. They, they finish. You know, you know something? I came back over the weekend. I, I, um, I do my normal reading. And I picked up The Economist and I picked up Financial. And I said, you know what? This is boring. This is literally boring. You know, I, I felt like sometimes you have a school project or a university and you had to force your way through something. I said, no, I'm not going to do it. I don't have to. There's nothing there that, that I want to read about, you know, that's interesting. It's just the same story going round and round and round. Well, that's you because know, you, no read the, you, read, angle. you read the mm. same public publications every weekend, David. Yes. It's, it's always the FT and The Economist. Maybe you should expand well, I, your no, portfolio. I add, <laughs> I add, I add. No, there are a lot of others. I'll, I'll add in the Bloombergs and I'll, Barons. I'll pick up a lot of other stuff, Barons and things like that. You mm. know, I'm not, I just use that as a, as a proxy, but I'm saying. Understood. So I, I try to look for, for, for magazines. You know, I go on to the Daily Telegraph. I go on to the New York Times. I get, you know, to, to, I've got them on my Kindle and so on. And, and it's just the same stuff. There's nothing fresh. There's nothing new. So you say, okay, do I really have to go and, you know, read this all over again? It's just the same story being kind of uh, rehashed in some other way. And the poor journalists have to put out this garbage. Well, this is the thing. You have to speak mm. to a client. A client phones you up mm. and, and they say, why is the market down uh, 2%, uh, David? And you'll say, well, mm. uh, I'd be tempted to mm. say, listen, just more sellers than buyers, mate. There's, 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 no, there's no news. And it's the same with journalists. You know, you, your editor, your standard no. editor, because the real editor's in Corfu or something, they say, well, mm. come up with a story. <laughs> and you have to, you have to rehash yeah. things or give mm-hmm. the, the same story yeah. a different yeah. angle. And it's yeah. quite difficult for these, the, these people. No, same yeah. as you. Hmm. Okay. No, but I'm, I'm, I'm merely saying that's, the, that's what we're reading. You know, that's what we're reading at the moment. Very, yeah. very, you know, there's, there's nothing fresh happening that we can really get a grip around and and uh, change things. And I mean, can you believe it, Lindsay? You've been around a long time. That Thanks. The heroes today or the front line, I mean, the celebrities, and I'm talking in a, in a figurative sense, you know, the, the, the celebrities are central bankers. Mm. You know, you say, hold on. <laughs> you know? <laughs> 
central bankers are the are the celebrities. They hold in court. We hold on to every word that they say. I say, oh my God, you know, this is what we're doing, <laughs> you know. And we're discussing every little uh, decimal point that moves in the, you know, in 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 interest rates. I mean, that's what we're down to. <laughs> God. Yes, but on the other <laughs> hand, it's, it's been like that. I remember when I first came to mm. South Africa in the late 1980s, um, it was Paul Folker. <laughs> he was, uh, he, was yeah. he, he was revered. Then you had Greenspan and you had, um, uh, what's the other mm. one called, uh, Bernanke. And now uh, this latest uh, fellow who seems to be front and centre of, of, of everything. And then is all the peripheral uh, um, uh, bankers as well. Uh, Mario Draghi, before he became prime minister, of, uh, of Italy, uh, yeah, it's it's you know, they they control the price of money, David. So obviously they're going to have yeah. some sort of importance, whether they make it self importance or not, I don't know. But they are terribly important, especially if they work independently of governments and ignore the fiscal policy and just get on with what they're so, supposed to do, be the custodian of the currency in their country and also the the, the rate of inflation. So, yeah, I suppose that they are important, but certainly rock stars, I don't know about that. Well, they, I, I mean, they, they're not rock stars, but they're, in a way, celebrities in the sense that uh, people flock around them and wait to hear what they say so they can get any kind of story out of it uh, around where monetary policy is going to be. You know, and that's how important. So all of a sudden, we can name almost every person on the Fed. Hello, you know. Yeah. <laughs> when did you ever? Be, when could you ever do that? Uh, I'm being silly, obviously, but I'm I'm merely saying that's the kind of markets that we're in now. It's very dull. It's very dreary. And then then you've got Elon Musk, Elon Musk spreading his seed around, and I don't know how many children his father. So I suppose that what becomes. What is that? Yeah. I don't know. If he wasn't, if he wasn't as, as rich mm. and didn't have that corporate celebrity status, no woman would look at him. He's grotesque. I mean, I'm not. I'm not being it's very superficial of me. He's got a giant brain. In many ways, he's a genius. But I don't know why. How many? How many more kids he's going to have? He's, hasn't he just had twins? Well, someone has. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I have no idea of his social life at all or he anything outside two, of the noise that he makes. He, he fathered two little musks um, with one of his employees, I think. That's the last I heard. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> and he pulls... He's at pulled least we know he's active. Yeah, you know. exactly. Wish I wish I was. <laughs> um, he, he's, um, he's pulled the Twitter deal as well. We haven't spoken about that. I mean, he's, well, he seemed to be toying yeah. with them. I don't, I don't understand it. I he he, he knew understand. before he went in with a $44 billion bid what the disclosure was and how yeah. many false accounts there were. And I suddenly he says, oh, no, you lied to me. I think it's bad form because the share price has been all over the place. The shareholders have been dealt a, a bad deck of cards here, I think. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I think it's him. I think that it's, uh, um, you know, I mean, I think he's not the kind of person I would like to do a deal with. I just think he's just all over the place. And that, that always makes me worried. I, I was saying he's not, you know, one of the most important things when you choose a company, when you know, when you invest, you've got to look at management. Mm. You know, you have to look at the stability of management, you know, and, and, and it's very important that they just remain on course and, and, you know, not all over the place. Here he is. He goes and he does this deal. You know, so why is Elon Musk doing a deal with Twitter? What has social media got? You know, he's a brilliant engineer um, from PayPal to Tesla to 
the rocket company and so on. Mm. You know, um, and, and and why is he getting involved in this? What what does he plan to do? You know, you have no idea, and and that makes me worried about him. You know, I just uh, I I think that he is a he's a genius, however you want to describe him. But, yes, he is. But I don't I don't know. It's it's almost you know uncontrollable. You've got no idea. I would not put my money with him. You know what I mean? I. I would say I I love what he does, but I would not put my money with him. Well, it's interesting because everyone's been very quiet about his foray into cryptocurrencies, the Bitcoin thing, because I don't know when what his the nature of investment was, but it was very high profile and everyone got terribly excited about it. But now Bitcoin is 20,000 rather than 40, 50, 60,000. I don't know where it was when he got into the thing, but uh, suddenly he's gone a little bit quiet on that. And I think he was just bored. He thought, well, Bitcoin, I've tried. Let's try social media. He's just bored. He's got too much money. I, th- I think that's exactly what it's coming down to. Do you know what I mean? I think that's it is a kind of a boredom, mm. and uh, you know that 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 worry. Anyway, that's he's a he's an enormously wealthy man. I'm not going to uh, you know I'm I'm not going to challenge him in any way, but um, it's it's uh, you know it's it's very worrying from our point of view. It's very worrying from an investor point of view. And for Twitter as well, anyway. But that's that's the gossip, you know. So at least that that gives a little bit of gossip in markets, and you watch what happens and so on. But I mean, apart from that, um, it's it's very very dull. You know, even looking at our, our side as well, there's very little corporate activity happening now. And Lindsay, the other side of this is is the extreme volatility that we're seeing in the mining shares. You know, where commodities are going. Uh, all over the place. Um, I loved what yeah. Nick said the other night, you know, as yeah. he described, or was it you? No, no, it was Nick. He described, you know, uh, one of his, his former bosses or colleagues, you know, said in these kind of times when you see this, it's pointing to change, whatever that means. Uh, but, no, it was um, me. I was talking was about the volatility at the bottom or the top of a market, you know, uh, like last week. Is that what you're referring to? Because no, I said. There was some chap who said... Steve, uh, Steve the Demon Barber, back. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. He would always say that if it's up and down, it's up and down. It's people don't quite know. And there's some people positioning themselves this way. But usually when there's extreme volatility at either a very heightened level or a very distressed level of the market, that normally means that something is about to change. And I put forward the yeah. idea that maybe that situation is prevailing at the moment yeah. but but I, I i said has the has the fall happened and people are positioning for a, a recovery or is this just an embellishment yeah. of the downtrend i don't know i was just trying to find something I, to if, talk if about if i could uh hmm. yeah i get if you look at anglo-american which is down 5.8 percent today i mean if we go i i wish i could have easy access and be able to just let me give you a chart and, and I mean, to, to show you, um, you know, what's happened in Anglos, I mean, over the last couple of, you know, over the last couple of days. And it's been all over the place. In fact, it looks very, very weak. Mm. I wish, um, you know, it's way below now. Uh, it's so-called 200-day moving average and well below its 50-day uh, moving average. And it's virtually, it, it's it's fallen you know precipitously to quote you again mm. and uh, and we're getting to a level now and and you know i do very basic charts you can see where it bounces off and that or where there is some kind of uh, support level and we're coming very close to uh, what i would think are quite important support levels 
uh, if you believe in charters, you know, if you believe in charts and that. Now that's anglers, but I mean, what it's what it's doing is is and and you know, uh, Mark Kutufani got out, and uh, when he got out, everyone said, "Well, he got out on the top." Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, he did. He drove it up. But subsequent to that is uh, whoever takes over has got, you know, quite a task ahead of them. But the markets look terrible. You know, the, the our, our, and and you know what else? We've we've got a rand at seventeen oh five. Yes, seventeen oh seven on the my delayed screen. Seventeen oh seven, yeah. And and but our mining markets look shocking, and they were the ones that were keeping us alive. But I mean, if you look at Anglo's, it looks very vulnerable to. To uh, you know, to, to further weakness, or alternatively, it's got to form a base here and then try and recover. But very, you know, and and that's also a worry from our, you know, when you talk about our markets. Yeah, that has been the big trend today. Um, it's been the uh, resources stocks; they were down. The index. Well, we've still got half an hour to go until the auction. As we pre-record this, the resources stocks are on my delayed screen down nearly 4%. They were over 4% uh, down. The S&P 500 uh, was, as you said, down 1.5% at one stage. It's just coming off a bit again. My futures screen says 1.25% weaker. So we might get a a flurry of selling again in the close on the JSC. I know I'd be nervous going into this evening, given the way that the S&P is behaving. It it, it was down a half a percent this morning when I woke up. And it's gradually been going down. A bit of a recovery. And now going down again i don't like yeah. that sort of action david i really yeah. don't yeah it feels wrong no i know it's 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 uh it, it it had a good week we built a bit of a base there were four good days of gains and friday was flat and i said held and now this is a week on the other hand as we get into the cpi as we get into the inflation number and as we get into when is that on wednesday I th- yeah i mm. think so mm. we start there the, um, the safe haven uh, buying has become yeah. a feature. The dollar has obviously been on a, a massive charge at multi, multi-years highs, probably a 20-year high or something. I haven't looked at my euro-dollar uh, graph, but it was 3.09, 3.10 on the close, 3.09, 3.10% for the US 10-year bond yield. It's now 2.98 again. So people buying yeah. bonds because yeah. they're saying, wait a second, I've got to position myself in something safe. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. Yeah. And that also worries me a bit. Yeah. yeah. And by safe, they they fear what lies ahead. Mm. So you could say, oh, mindset is coming down. It means inflation is coming down. But I think this is a, a safe harbor if people are just, you know, putting their money away at, at, at 3%. I don't know whether they're going to stay there for a long time, but um, it is it is a safe harbor. And, the, I mean, we're almost at parity with the, with the euro. Where is it now? I can't. Uh, 101, yeah, the euro, 20 or something, yeah, one, I've got 100075. So uh, the dollar, you know, the money's flowing in there in a big way, which also points to a lot of nervousness in these other currencies. Right. So, yeah. 
Okay, well, we, we, we've decided. That's where to, we are. Yeah, we've been we've been mm. moaning. We don't know why the market's going down, but we do know that mm. it is going down, and you've just got to wait and see uh, what happens. Don't be the, f- the first one to rush in and lose another ten percent. Just just wait for things to turn mm. to the upside. Maybe you said, David. Uh, you said something very interesting because I like I like the word oxymoron. You said earlier mm. on. You said people wanted to just to go out and have fun and go for a run. Fun mm. and run do not go together with <laughs> in, in, in my world. That is the ultimate. Ultimate oxymoron. <laughs> how did, well, you, how did you get on, by the way? Because you, you're, a fit, you're did, a fit fellow. I did fine. Mm. Yeah, well, um, in my in my age group, what what was astonishing because I went out there. I mean, you know, at 74, regardless, uh, uh, your your legs just don't work like a 25 year old. Otherwise, I'd still be on a football field, you know, running down the left wing. But they just don't go like they used to go. Mm. But I was pleasantly surprised. I only did a 10-kilometer. It wasn't the 21. I've got to get a little fitter for that. But uh, I came out of my age group. There were 10 over 70s that ran, and I came number two. Very good. uh, But there there must have been a field of 1,500. But what's astonishing is that I finished midway through the table, you know, of, of the total table. So that's interesting, you know, that, 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 um, and, and, you know, even at my age, you can do these kind of things. So I was quite encouraged, you know, to say, okay, um, I always assume that youngsters are going to come, you know, screaming past me, but there were a lot of people who just did, did walks and just wanted to get out and plodded along. And I'm encouraged, you know, at least they're going out and doing it. David, it's only, uh, only... a marathon I will not do. No. <laughs> that's, that's no. history. I have to lie down if I even watch a marathon on television. Um, but, um, but, uh, <laughs> Lindsay, I've got to tell you something. Please though. do. I must tell you. Go on. Okay. So my time was 108. Okay. As I came to, which is, as I came to the lot, it was a very hilly course. It was a difficult course. Whereabouts? In, 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 in Houghton or in, something like that? In, in uh, Melrose. So you oh, Melrose. Up okay. and down and yeah. up and down. So, mm. And hills are, these hills are hard. You know, Joburg always sounds like a flat city. It's not. Not at all. But what happened is that with about 500 meters to go, you know, the nice thing is that they, they, you get a chip in your, in, you know, they put a chip on your number. And as you pass something, so you don't, you know, as the gun goes, they don't uh, start timing you. It's as you pass, as you start the finish, the start line, and as you go past. Anyway, so I started at, uh, you know, I was at 108 or something like this. And with about 500 meters to go, the winners of the 21K, the two front runners just came screaming past. I have never seen Gosh. that kind of speed in all my life. So in other words, they left me. You know, huh. uh, what I did in 10Ks, they, they basically did 21. But I have never seen – the speed was quite phenomenal, and, and, and I have to applaud them. But I promise you, Lindsay, in my heyday, and I was no slouch, I, I played top-class soccer. I was a winger. Therefore, I could sprint. Hmm. But I could never keep up with these chaps. Do you know what I mean? For 1K, let alone 21Ks. I would not. They were going. It was, it was remarkable. Well, I hope it's because and they. It's, it's, I hope because because they're they're aiming for something either to qualify for the Olympics yeah. or to or to get some mm-hmm. some award. Because I do find that the obsession that a lot of a lot of South African, uh, particularly men, have with, with fitness. I don't know if it's a corporate thing or if it's just a South African competitive streak. But I find it a little bit uh, creepy sometimes that people are yeah. so obsessed with their fitness. Uh, yeah, I know. That's, it, it's it good. Is, it but, is a madness. Mm. 
you know, and 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 uh, I've got stories on that as well. The one thing I ran for, I ran many marathons and I ran many ultra marathons, being 50 kilometers, but never the comrades. And the reason is that um, the comrades requires a huge amount of training, but huge. You know, you can't run it. And I was a, I was a serious runner, and I thought if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it seriously. I'm not going to plot. But I could never afford the training. And the one thing that I do see now is that so many of the people who ran with me in the 70s and that are virtually crippled from what it took out of them. Yeah. And I say it as a caution to people. Not, you know, I've got no envy and I'm, I, I don't want to criticize them. It's not fair because they always enjoy it. But I mean, mm. in later life, you know, what's shocked me is that in later life, I see these, uh, the damage that it did. And that's by going out on a training run of 60 Ks on a Sunday morning. You know, I mean, that's your training run. You know, it's not your proper run. And, you know, you have to run an enormous number of miles or kilometers during the week if you want to run a comrades properly. And, you know, it never appealed to me. I could play three games in a row, soccer games, soccer matches in a row. I could play, with, you know, Saturday RV, which I did. I would do Saturday RV, Sunday morning, Sunday league, Sunday RV, another league. You know, I loved it. I loved to get on a, just give a, you know, I didn't care whether I was playing, what quality. I just wanted to get on a field. That I could do, but I could never, I could never go uh, uh, just run, you know, do the kind of training for comrades. On the note of football, David, um, it is now less than four weeks till the season starts. Yeah. And somebody said to me, or right now, I, I, I read it in the Guardian newspaper. It said, it's going to be a strange season because it's August, September, October, and then you stop. And people yeah. are not people who are in the running to be called up for their in their, their national team are not may not maybe going to give give their all because they don't want to get crocked ahead of Qatar. Mm, mm. So it's very interesting how the that, that mm. it'll be a strange three months. I think. Mm. I, I think I think the hardest is for those who don't play to get back into it afterwards. Yeah, you know. So I think they're going to have to keep playing friendlies, you know, just to keep themselves fit and. And in sh which doesn't really happen, you know. No, it won't happen. And then you've got to start the season again. It's uh, it's difficult. It's very strange. It just shows you what corruption does in the in the football world because there's no way that Qatar <sighs> deserve to get that sort of thing. And we know oh, why that, oh, we know why they got it. But uh, that's water under the bridge, David. I'll have to leave you now. But thank you very much for all your bye. insight. And um, <laughs> we'll speak again tomorrow with Nick Kunza. That's David Shapiro. That was Shapiro World, and David is from Sassfin Securities in Johannesburg. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.